your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. And before we get to all of the fun and maybe not so fun stuff, uh, a little bit of everything, a hodgepodge of uh, entertainment for the past 48 hours. First things first, follow the show on social media outlets, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, go to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com and follow the show on our YouTube channel over on the YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. So, yes, if you're a regular listener, you know that we weren't going to have shows the past couple of days because uh, we were going to the two. Well, I went to both of them. I went to Islanders, the back to back Islanders and Devils. Kyle uh, met up with me in New Jersey, and we took in the Devils game together, uh, along with Mr. Allen from uh, Nova Scotia. So we will get to that a little bit later, and you're going to want to hang around for that, because if you know Allen, if you're a longtime listener to this, you know who he runs the fan club for, and Allen and Kyle had a special invitation to meet this person uh, in the flesh. I guess I'll just drop a hint and spoil it. Former Av, current Devil. So mm-hmm. uh, stay tuned for that. I was going to talk about that because that was kind of fun. Um, but for the you know the two games we missed, we'll focus more on the Devils game because it's obviously more recent. But they kind of go hand in hand. You kind of saw a little bit of everything from the Avalanche. You, you know, in the Islanders game, a really tight game, and then they kind of blew things open in the third, only to make it very interesting. And hang on for a five to four win. That was a good atmosphere. And then the Avs struck early against New Jersey with a three to nothing lead in the first, only to give up five in a row and lose that one five to three. I don't know if the back to back, how much it played into it. When you listen to Avalanche players, they don't want to talk about that. Uh, Jared Bednar in so many words, just said they stunk. <laughs> and it's just one of those games that you had it, you lost it, and now you got to put it behind you. Yeah. <clears throat> it's honestly the tale of two games between the two games. Like the Islander game, you took your foot off the gas and survived. And the Devil game, you took your foot off the gas and got beat. The Islander game was, um, it's one of those, it's more superior foe of the two. And for you to hold on and walk out of UBS Arena with a win, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But then for you to get embarrassed by the Devils, that's also questionable. And the way you did both, there was some repeating themes between the two games. And it's never a good look. If you, But, I mean, this is now par for the course. We've done this against Arizona. We've done this against Seattle. And now we're doing this against the Devils. So is playing down a factor? Who knows? Um, I don't want to say that. I, I, I'd like to believe that the Avalanche aren't aren't going to do that. They, they, you know, they're the top team in the league. Why would they play down to the other teams? I think the other teams are playing up to mm-hmm. the Avalanche level. Um, you know, they, they are going to. They're not just going to cave because you know the number one team in the league is coming in. They're going to want to beat that team. 
And yep. even though they're they're not playing for anything after the regular season, the Avalanche are a litmus test for everybody else in the league. You know, and, and especially those teams that are at the bottom of the standings. It is a rallying point for some teams for the offseason and going into next year. Look how we played against Colorado. And, yep. you know, I said, you know, teams like Arizona can use that, even though 75% of the team likely won't be there next year. It'll be all new guys. But yeah. for teams like the Devils and for teams like the Islanders, they most of those guys probably should be back. Sure, you're going to get those guys that come in and out with free agency and all that stuff. But you can. You, how did we match up against the top teams in the league? And even though the Islanders lost, we came back in a short amount of time. In in like a half a period, we came back. And for the Devils, it's we took, you know, we got down 3 nothing in the first. And we could have caved. And we took those two periods to methodically come back on them. So it's a rallying point for those two teams. And you're absolutely correct. Because after that Devils game, I went across the street. And there was another Devils podcast that was talking about the game. And I was sitting there listening to them, just, you know, trying to see what everything sounds like. Mm-hmm. And that's all they talked about the entire episode was we beat the Avalanche. We went through all of this, this the terrible seasons as a devil squad. And look at where we are now. We could beat the Colorado Avalanche. But right. being on this side, we've seen this happen before where everything doesn't work. But we know what we're capable of. And it's one of those that, yes, the Devils fan base are hanging their hat on this one wonderful win. And they're going to overpay players because of this one wonderful win. <laughs> and they're going to build the, the future teams around everybody who won on that night. The Avalanche, we're just like, okay, whatever. We're still 30 points up on everybody else. We'll <laughs> focus on Carolina and go on about it. But yeah, you're absolutely correct. Games like that against Arizona and New Jersey, when they win those games, they talk about them. We just kind of wash our hands and go on to the next one like the machine we yeah. are. And you have to like, you know, mm-hmm. you, you got a day off and now you're playing Carolina. Yep. And, you know, that that's a that's a, a, a game that much like the Calgary game, uh, how everybody's like, oh, that's a Western Conference final matchup. This people are going to be saying, is this a Stanley Cup matchup? And with yep. that in mind, they're going to be like nitpicking this game apart fairly or unfairly. But for, you know, for the abs, it was uh, you, you're, you're playing a back to back against. Yeah. Two teams that you should beat. Mm-hmm. And back to backs are a thing. It's not every single team has them throughout the season. It's not exclusive to the Avalanche. And I was feeling pretty good. You know, back to backs are tough. And I, <laughs> our seats were like you right in front of. Uh, you know, we were sitting. Your your seats were directly in front of ours. Mm-hmm. I was with a buddy of mine, and um, when they're doing the intros, I lean forward to you, and I'm like, we are going to smoke these guys. <laughs> I just felt like like I'm watching the player introductions and I'm like, there's no way that they can hang. And I wasn't really thinking like, well, it is a back to back. You do get tired. I'm not using that mm-hmm. as an excuse. Even in tired avalanche club should still have beaten that team. Yeah. And when they got off to a, a three goal lead, I, I don't know, man, I just felt good. And, and as tired and not in the sense of like, you know, they're falling asleep on the ice. It's just you have mm-hmm. tired legs. Your body yeah. is tired. You should still be able to hold down a three goal lead, yeah, against this team with Darcy Kemper in net, you know. And people want to say what they want to say about him, but he, you know, and it was it was it was a, a, a epic fail on all accounts. It wasn't just him. I don't know. I, I I don't I don't like how that game ended and how it ended. You had a power play, and the power play was looking good. 
It was. It, it was looking really. It was two for three at that point when Nazem Kadri uh, brought a uh, tripping penalty. I think it was. So now there's like three minutes and change left. You know you're going to get a six on four because you got to pull the goalie. And Nathan McKinnon, love you, dude. But when but he kind of fiddles with that puck a little too much for my liking. And who am I to tell him to stop doing that because he's one of the greatest players on the planet? But when you have a six on four, do you really need to be puck handling like that when you, you have two extra guys on the ice and you can just maneuver the puck around? I don't know. Well, when you're talking about Nathan McKinnon and his puck handling skills, you got to think about it. You're talking about the tired aspect. Something that doesn't really get talked about. And the third and the fourth lines aren't scoring. And Jared Bednar knows this. And mm-hmm. if you're double shifting your top two lines all the time, you're, we've talked about this numerous times, you're going to wear out your lines. And in a situation like that, if you're double shifting Nathan McKinnon through half of the third period, and then you put him in a situation where all you have to do is puck handle in a high-pressure situation, six on four. You know he's got to play stellar defense and move the offense because if it gets by you, game over. Mm. If you're tired like that, you're not going to make the best decisions. Your body's going to give up on you no matter what shape you're in. Like You put your, your top line in a bad spot when you're double-shifting and exhausting them like that, especially on the second game of a back-to-back. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's it's the end of that. You know, it's, there's only a couple minutes left. So you you've gone almost. You're at 99 percent of 100 percent of two games in a row played. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you are going to be a little bit tired, but but not to the effect of where Nathan McKinnon should lose the puck. Off no. Of and I was watching him. We went right down to the to the uh, glass mm-hmm. pregame, and he he does these you know these stick exercises. Where he's puck handling uh, three pucks at once, and it's it's I recorded some of it. It's it's a sight to see, and like I'm saying, like I'm not sitting here, like I'm not going to tell Nathan McKinnon to stop doing what what he's comfortable doing. I just thought in that setting, with two guy a two man advantage is six on four, and you're and he's at the point in that which isn't his normal spot. Give the puck to to Kale McCarr, let him run the point, get to your normal spot on the left hand side, and let's like go to like get the business and it was just uh, i thought it was a mistake well and what you have to also think about is this is two times in one week that nathan mckinnon made a mistake at the end of the game and he realizes this the calgary overtime and the end of the new jersey game yeah this is this now nathan mckinnon knows this because he's going to have his detractors letting him know this and now this is going to be his mission and they're also it's that you mentioned the Carolina matchup is something they really got to play up for. What better way for Nathan McKinnon to get out there and prove himself than against a top tier talent that, hey, I've I've addressed this. You don't have to worry about it. I I kind of have that confidence that Nathan McKinnon is going to do what he always does and goes out there and makes up for mistakes oh, like yeah. this. But it's not often that you get to talk about two mistakes in one week. Yeah. Uh, and he and he He's harder on himself than anybody else. So yeah. uh, I do look forward to, you know, they don't want to, you know, go into Carolina after coming off a loss on the East Coast. And uh, I think this is the last game on the East Coast, right? Do they have? I think they go back. One more. They go back after the after Carolina, I believe. So they're going to play it, Calgary uh, at home. 
That's the next game. Okay. Um, so you do, you, you want to finish this on a good note. And when you just lost, yeah, you know that they're going to be kind of reinvigorating coming out firing. So, uh, more to get to, but first we're going to hear from bet online and it is that time of year again, college basketball's big tournament is pretty much upon us. So from the latest odds, contests and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. And it remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino game. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and all of the action. It's betonline.net, where the game starts. Kale McCarr continues to be Kale McCarr. Uh, 13 game point streak he's got right now. Um, you know, we, we, we can't, I guess the, the conversation for us shifts from just talking about how amazing he is to should he be getting more heart consideration? We were actually sitting in a bar before the game and in New Jersey, and they were talking about that on the NHL network and the volume wasn't up. And I really want to know what they were saying. <laughs> And I have to believe that they were saying like he the question was, should he be getting more heart consideration? To me, it's an absolute yes. I'm not saying he should win it. I think it would be a very uh, good vote and a very tight vote. But uh, I don't like the fact that he's not in the conversation as much as he should be. And this is just like how many things can we keep piling up that this guy is doing? And if he's not. In the, in the heart consideration, what else can he possibly do? I'm getting tired of people saying like, well, if he continues that, he's been continuing it. Yeah. We're, in, we're into March and he's basically done everything that everybody's asking him to do and then some and he's still not in the heart consideration. So uh, it, it's mind, mind blowing to me and it's baffling. It's going to be rough to go into that locker room too and ask a coach that's not getting awards or a GM that's not getting awards about what else do you have to do to get consideration for an award? Yeah, I know. And and he'll likely win the Norris, and that's the problem. Is it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's their MVP award. It's like, no, yeah. it's not. No, no. That, that, that's a positional MVP award. This is you know league wide, all players accounted for MVP. So it's I don't know. And, and when they when they talk about um, should Kale McCarr win the heart. And they talk about the last defenseman to win the heart are the also the players that you're constantly comparing Kale McCarr to on a night in night out basis. Mm. Like you're 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 comparing him to Hall of Fame talent, and he's he hasn't cooled off. No. Like he's continuing this, and seeing him firsthand live, seeing that speed and just how mm. he like television doesn't do it justice. Like he's yeah. he's a freak. It's just. It's mind blowing, and he, to, for him not to get considered is also head scratching. But you know this can't last for long. Well, on one hand, like I do, I, I am kind of happy that uh, Igor Shosturkin on the Rangers is getting a lot of notoriety for the heart, mm-hmm. deservedly so. So it's like there we go. It's usually always forwards, yeah. And and now that we have a goalie in the mix, and it's like okay, well, what? Why is why is the Vesna not? For the goalies, like you exactly. can't have that same argument. You can't say it's it's you know Vesna's for the goalies, but then include Shesterkin, and then say 
you know, Norris is for the defenseman. Don't include Kale McCarr in, in the heart. It, it, you can't have, you're talking about both sides of your mouth, but Shesterkin should be in there. He should yeah. be in and he is, and he probably will be in the end. He has a very, very good shot to win it this year. And yeah. to me, it's just like, I'm tired of, look, Connor McDavid is the greatest player on the planet. And I'm tired of him getting all of the accolades just based on stats. Yeah. If he's the MVP, his team should be much higher than they are. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. It's just how I feel. He's And he will continue to be the greatest player on the planet. But MVP is more than just stats. And l- you're looking at guys like Shesterkin and you're looking at, you know, Makar. His stats are what they are. But watch him play. Yeah. He, he in, insanely valuable if we're going to use the, the verbiage to his team. Yeah. So, I don't know. And, and he so. contributing on a team that you kind of look at talent everywhere else. You look at that top line and you talk about the hot goalies when they're going on their streaks and shutouts. He kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But if you watch a game wire to wire and you see the things that don't get tracked on the stat sheet, Kale McCarr is just, I mean, he stands out. And mm-hmm. we talked about it before, the positionless hockey. He's everywhere. When he hits the ice, you notice. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Uh, so I don't know. I just wanted to rant on that for a little bit, but, um, getting back to these, you know, the last two games you had, uh, Andre Burakovsky, we didn't think he was going to play the second game and he, he did mm-hmm. <laughs> came out and I think I don't, did he get a point in the, uh, the devil's game? I don't uh, looking right now. He did not because you had McKinnon with Landis Goggin Ranton and you had Ranton in with McKinnon and McCarr. And you had McCarr with Taves and McKinnon, and that was it. So, no. So, you know, his point streak came to an end. But um, he's hitting the net. He's hitting the net. Like, <laughs> just key. Yeah, that is key. And I um, thought that was that was incredible. So, <laughs> How you said in the beginning, tale of, you know, two games, I think nothing says that more than than the shots on goal. Yeah. You know, the Avalanche with 40, I think they had 49. I don't know if they hit 50 against the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And then it was essentially flipped. Devils had 43 shots on net against the Avalanche. You know, that can't happen. It can't happen when, you know, your, your defense is breaking down. Your goalie is, is not, I, it's tough to see when you're, you're live watching. Um, and especially the seats we had, we're kind of like right on the side of the goalie. If he's like having a tough time, like tracking the puck or anything, like mm-hmm. you get a little bit of better, uh, viewpoint on that watching, uh, on television. So I don't know if that was a problem for him just tracking, but for whatever reason, just it, once it went South, it just, it was just a catastrophic failure and, but they were still in it. That's the thing. Like, you know, they, they were giving up goals and you had that power play. And I just kind of felt like. They're going to tie this thing because power play has looked good. And when you have an extra player, I think everything will be okay. And obviously it didn't. So whenever there's an avalanche loss, people, you know, and I don't get this, but everybody is just running for the hill, just or running for to shout from the mountaintops. What's wrong with the, like nothing's wrong with them. You're going to lose games yeah, and you're going to lose games like this. So you're going to lose games where you get blown out. You're going to lose games when you lose a lead. I'm not like stressing this. Like everything is is fine long term, but um, when you have a lead, you obviously don't want to give it up. No, and honestly, if you look at that game in the first period, that's three goals on eight shots. 
Mm. Second period, you follow it up with eight shots, but you're also like the game gets a little closer and then mm. it gets out of hand in the third period. And mm. guess what? I hate to break it to everyone, but there hasn't been an unbeaten team in hockey. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And you remember when we were talking about the Toronto matchup on how good this Toronto team is and all that wonderful stuff? Look at them now. Yeah. And listen to a Leafs fan base and listen to what they say night in, night out. They still know their potential, but they know losing games are part of it. And this is a learning experience. This isn't the end of the world. This is just showing you what you need to improve on. Yeah. So I think, it I happens. Think, I think January just spoiled a lot of Avalanche fans you know, yeah. going through that. And then me you know, included. <laughs> what are you concerned about? Are you concerned about the 16 point lead that they have in the central? Uh, what do they have over? Yeah, let me get to the conference. Does everybody, uh, do, do you 12, remember, 12 you remember over, when over we were the second fastest franchise to hit 40 wins? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, what, what's the concern? Is the you know, if you have concern about specific how they're playing, like plays, uh, and and you know, we, there was concern over the power play. They went two for four in the power play against the Devils. If nothing, you know, if they were able to to keep the puck and keep possession of the puck, maybe we're maybe they're three for four. Yeah, I don't know. So the, all of the things that we that they that we've been saying, like, oh, this is a concern. Andre Burakovsky, he he's gone on a nice run. Mm-hmm. The power play has looked a lot better. Remember in in January when the penalty kill was a problem? Penalty kill got great yeah. for for March and February, uh, January and February into March. Yeah. So nothing has, and even even uh, Darcy Kemper mm-hmm. didn't start the season that well. He started playing well. Now he's regressed a little bit, but all of these problems that we have all throughout the season have not lingered from October to now. They 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 linger for. A couple games, maybe a couple weeks, but they all get corrected. Now there are, you know, like the the depth and stuff like that. I'll grant you that depth is a problem, and and but it's not a sweeping thing where we should have all of these concerns because the Avs lose a couple games. It's going to happen. And I mean, Timothy Timothy Comfer scored against the Islanders, and Berkey has been scoring. Granted, Jost played under ten minutes against the Devils. And that's a problem, but the depth is starting to show up a little bit. Didn't show up in the Devils game, but in the Islanders game, they were there. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I've been watching a lot more closely lately, and mm-hmm. you do. I, th- I feel like they're starting to pick it up a little bit. You want to see them, like I said before, if you can't score on your depth, just don't give up goals. Yeah, and that's where you know you, when I look at things like the Corsi score and the Fenwick score, like I'm looking at those things. If those guys can be fifty percent on those, I'm happy. Yeah, but it's when it's so at, that that means you know they're getting as many shots on net as they are giving up. Um, your top line is always in the 70 percent, like always. Uh, when the bottom line is when it, they're at thirty percent, like four and seventy against, that's a problem. It's starting to even out a little bit. So I am liking what I'm seeing, but it's not something where you're like, no, a move. Obviously, moves are still coming. Hopefully, soon. I mean, <clears throat> the Denver Broncos are are making moves, so the Colorado Avalanche need to keep pace. Come on, boys. Yeah, and I think you hear these loud voices because you know the deadline's coming up, and if you have something that bothers you, 
yell loud enough, it might get addressed the deadline. After the deadline, this is it. It's time to go. Yeah. Yep. So, well, we shall see. Uh, entertaining game, I'm I'm sure. And uh, like one of my best friends is a Hurricanes fan, so I just don't want to hear that either. <laughs> so can we please win this one? Because <laughs> I don't want to hear that chirping. Oh. All right. Let's get to uh, our soundtrack. I did post it. You know, because we had the, the day off, uh, I, I posted it anyway because people really seem to like this. So uh, I didn't want them to wait around another day. So, but to quickly recap, we also posted them for the Islanders game, mm-hmm. and we both went with a New York theme. I went with uh, Billy Joel's "New York State of Mine." You went with Ace Freely, uh, uh, New York Groove. New York Groove. Yes, York Groove, I'm sorry. Right. So uh, for this one against the Devils. Uh, you know, I, I had one ready to go, and I'm not using it anymore. I went a different route. But what do you got for the uh, Avalanche Devils game? Less than Jake, another great ska kind of punk rock band. Love, Love, Love. less than Jake. And to respond to everybody's warm reception of my first NHL game, everybody telling me never go back. Well, I'm never going back to New Year, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, there were people because like we we you know finally got to meet in the flesh. Yeah. And uh, there were people like, don't ever go to a game again. <laughs> well, I hear you. That's the sound check. I'm never yeah. going back to New Jersey. I think your wish has been granted. But uh, <laughs> I, I do want to say both games, you know, uh, I didn't catch any like, you know, chirping from anybody. No. Anything like so. And what, I mean, we're the avalanche. You know, we're, we don't have a history against it. Well, we have a history with the devils, obviously. Yeah. Uh, not. Nah, a rivalry with them and we don't have one with the Islanders, but they were great fans across the board. So no problems. And then I also posted on uh, Twitter for uh, UBS arena. If, if you have a BMW, you park for free, which I think is garbage. <laughs> Come on. I have a Nissan cube. I'm not yeah. getting in for free. No, <laughs> I, when we were pulling in and we saw the signs, I'm like, someone give me a piece of paper so I can draw a BMW <laughs> sign and we'll just put it on the hood. <laughs> <laughs> just make one up real quick yeah um but anyway so really good people and mm-hmm. yeah great pick did you know speaking of ska bands like the mighty mighty boss tones have officially called it quits no yes don't yes. tell me that live on air bro that's yeah. that's those were my boys well that was i mean that that came out like a month or so ago uh that, that they just they, put out an album like last year last year yeah it was a pretty big album because they included like so many different like ska uh bands and singers into like featuring throughout oh. the album and uh they came out like about a month ago but a big, big post up saying it's time so end of an era right there yep mm. um for me, for this Devils game, um, I went with one of my the, probably the most underrated guitarist, in my opinion, uh, in the metal world, um, and that's Devin Townsend. Um, mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with him, dude, he can he can play a mean guitar, and he has a voice that's just like oh, it, it rivals any voice I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, um, and he's got a song called "Bad Devil," so kind of fitting so uh <laughs> go check i put the live version up because live version is awesome on the uh the playlist if you want to listen to that and if, if you're if for people on uh youtube finish this episode go watch uh devin townsend kingdom oh rea- yeah reaction <laughs> videos the reaction yeah, yeah. videos to that song 
if people start a reaction channel, you can't, your very first video has to be Devin Townsend Kingdom. You will be like, jaws are on the floor when he hits that first note. Yeah. Just go watch it. There's tons of them up there because people just can't believe, like, how is this guy singing like this? Um, incredible. Devin Townsend Kingdom, go check it out. So one of the greatest. One of the greatest. He's amazing. He's amazing. Yep. Um, all right. Before we wrap it up, you got a special invitation along with our friend Alan, mm-hmm. uh, who who runs the Ryan Graves fan club page. And we I had um, Alan on a couple times when Ryan was on the abs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of, you know, took him in under our wing and he's a fellow avalanche fan. And it was a sad day when Ryan Graves got traded yeah. because, you know, it was not only because he was no longer on the abs, but Alan was going to be leaving us and, and yeah. bringing his, uh, allegiance to the devils, but he was in communication with Ryan, with Ryan. And by the way, Alan lives in Nova Scotia. That's right. So he came down for this game. This was a trip for him. He went to both games. He went to both games. He went to the Islanders game and he went to the Devils game. And I, me and my friend that I went with, we left right after the Devils game. And you stayed overnight. And you guys uh, had a special viewing with Ryan Graves, right? We did. We uh, woke up and Ryan Graves invited us to go to a closed practice. And yeah. it's one of those you kind of think, okay, we'll just go in and watch them. We go into the practice arena, which also is where the Metropolitan Riveters play their hockey. I'm a big PHF fan, so that was huge. Yeah. So it was just us, me and Alan, and we're standing there waiting. Nobody's there. And coming up the bleachers beside us is one Ryan Graves in the flesh. Wow. Walks up, and the man is tall. Um <laughs> Very tall. I'm I'm in my hey dude standing at five nine, and th- he's just a towering presence. But it's just fist bumps, and Alan and Ryan get to you know talk about Nova Scotia for a bit, and we kind of talk about the game that was last night, and uh, it was incredible to meet somebody that you you know we were pulling for Graves, and especially that year that he had the plus minus, mm. like we were we were really pulling for gravy, and just to see him in the flesh and like thank him for everything and like get to kind of hear like the, those that you kind of immortalize and get to see on TV and you get to talk about, like you get to see him in, in person and kind of just like we walk around the arena a little bit and we go into Prudential arena because they were having practice in the main arena and we walk out there on ice level and it's just everything right there. It was an incredible experience. The day before we got to see Marty Brodeur and, uh, right, yeah. And we got to talk to uh, Dawson Mercer's dad. It was just an incredible experience, all all of it, and getting to see Vargar and Alan, and, yeah, and getting to meet you. It was uh, it was incredible, and like for it to be my first time at an NHL game, it couldn't get any better. Sorry, I jinxed this into a loss, but yeah, I had an well, absolute blast. The only way it wouldn't have been better is if obviously ended with an, an abs win but yeah. yeah uh but yeah we met we met vargar who's another guy that we we talked to through social media uh he lives in that area so he went to both games so um it was yeah man it, it was a lot of fun so um it yeah i, I can't imagine it was like when you're you're in there and it's empty and you're like man like like 12 hours ago yeah uh this place was well i, I don't, I don't want to say packed <laughs> 
yeah. this place was this place was 50% packed last night and we were watching yep. a game here. Um by the way if, if you didn't know like upper deck seats for that game were going for 5 bucks. Mm. Struggling to sell that arena out. Obviously the team's struggling but nonetheless still going in there it's got to be a, a wild experience just a massive arena just completely empty and it was it just to see like to know your practice on a day-to-day basis you have the banners of all your cup wins mm-hmm. you have danico and stevens and like you have everybody's retired numbers up there and like you're taking shooting practice with those banners and like mm-hmm. that history hanging there and it's like this is your office like so like kind of think of it in that context like you're growing out there you're refining your craft and this is your office and if you like if your eyes go anywhere you're reminded of who you're playing for and what's behind you and what you're mm-hmm. paving the way for in the future it's a lot it's a lot it's to take stuff. in in that moment yeah it's good stuff man um yeah. do you ever think a couple of years ago you'd be uh on a podcast talking about the colorado avalanche and being ice level with mr ryan graves not this alabama not boy this no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, overall, uh, a lot of fun past couple days. So um, one for one, for me anyway, uh, you know, uh, one win, one loss. What are you going to do? And I I did put out there like that. This is the only the second time of all the games I've gone to. I've gone to a lot of Avalanche games. This is the second time they've lost. They lost Mm. once to the Rangers, went to MSG, and then uh, they lost this one. That was it. So they played pretty well when I was there and it was looking pretty good. Yep. one but wasn't meant to be hey i got to i get to get a nas goal so yeah yeah well what no that, that it didn't go to him remember that, that's that's right and, and we thought I don't, did they it, did they ever take it back i'm still at, right on nhl right now it's still mckinnon nope okay so yeah i it, at least got to see like, him in person yeah yeah and we were close we were right down there so yeah it was good stuff um so we're we'll, we're back we're back to our normal schedule Although you won't be here tomorrow, uh, Kyle has some uh, wedding festivities, family wedding festivities. He needs not to mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, not his. Um, so I'll probably be flying solo for tomorrow's episode. But after that, back to normal. All right, everybody, that'll wrap it up for today. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Check out Locked On NHL. Get caught up. And everything else going on around the league, tread that trade deadline inches closer mm-hmm. and closer. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow. At least I will. Talking about some abs and hurricanes. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. See you guys tomorrow. Go abs, go.